Hey, we're in a sermon series called Pillars of the Faith or Pillars of Our Faith. And last week we started with part number one. We talked about our number one foundation that we have to have in our walk with God. And that was what? Jesus, good. One person was here and remembered. So we talked about Jesus, Jesus being the one foundation. And we actually, if you think about it, um, if we don't have him, we have nothing. As a matter of fact, we are all very sinful and wretched without Christ. Do you guys know that? Yeah. Everybody here in the front, well, I know you guys were tired during the game too and everything. So you guys understand that without Jesus, we're literally sinful and wretched. We get that, right? That's a big deal to understand because he needs to be our number one priority, our number one pillar, that is Jesus. And really what we talked about was this. The one question that we dealt with was, who is Jesus specifically to you? Who is Jesus to you? And we answered that. And tonight what I want to do is I want to follow up on that, and I want to ask you a different question. That is, what kind of relationship do you want to have with Jesus? What kind of relationship do you individually want to have with Jesus. Now, in order for us to be close to someone, we have to spend time with that person, right? How many of you guys have a best friend? Anybody in here? If you're not raising your hand, I'm really sorry, but no, seriously, how many of you guys have, like, most of you guys have a best friend, right? My best friend is my wife, known to USPM, or uh, or I call her, or I call her Mishy. That's kind of my, you know, nickname or the, the way that I um, call her, and, and, you know, I love spending time with my wife. I love hanging out with her. Um, there's actually no other person that I would rather spend time with than my wife. I love hearing what she has to say. I love sharing what I'm thinking. I just love hanging out with her. I love playing board games with her. Whatever it is, I love spending time with her. And if I don't get to, and there's times that I don't because I'm busy at work or something like that, I miss her. And when I miss her, I send her a text or call her. I talk to her all the time because she is my best friend. So you guys, most of you guys have a best friend? And most of you guys can kind of sort of relate to what I talked about, even though that obviously not spouse, but like a best friend that you just like hanging out with. You just like being around them. You text them, you call them, and you talk a lot. See, I think it should be no different with us, with Jesus. He should be our best friend that we call on, that we talk, that we text all the time, and that we are just in constant communion. In James 2, uh, verse 23, it says this, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Then Abraham one of the guys in the Old Testament, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called what? The friend of God. I want to be a friend of God. And so what I want to present to you guys tonight is this, that I believe that we should be, and this is the title of our message, BFF, we should be best friends with Jesus. And that is our second pillar of our faith, that not just does he have to be our Lord and Savior, but he also should be our best friend. And I want to ask you guys tonight, is he your best friend. And if not, I hope that you walk out of here tonight having him as your best friend. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would come in this place. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would move in our hearts. Remove me from behind this pulpit, Holy Spirit. Let my words be yours tonight. Speak to us. Change our lives. God, let us fall more in love with Jesus and let us, let us make him our best friend. In Jesus' name it is that we pray. Everybody said? Amen. All right. Think about your best friend for a moment. Think about how you met him. Do you guys remember how you met your best friend? I want to hear some of you guys, like, when and where did you meet your best friend? All right, Nick. Okay, at a mall. Very cool. Michael? Last year at Camp Revive. Very cool. Yes. First day of kindergarten. That's awesome. Children's church. Even better. Okay, good deal. When you came out of the womb. Okay, that's kind of creepy. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm totally joking. That's awesome. So you and your sister, right? That's what you were. That's awesome. That's cool. When you were two in preschool. That is awesome. All right. What else? Who else? Okay. Your mom, her mom did what? Okay. Got you. Awesome. Cool. Soccer field. Very nice. Ping pong table. No. Do what? Okay, weight training, I like that, and weight training. Jordan? Oh, uh, me and Spencer, you know, he met at my house. Yeah, you and Spencer, I don't know how you met, though. Yeah, he came to my house. Oh, he came to your house, just like that? That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> That's what I do, I just go to people's houses. <laughs> That's awesome. See, and what did it take for you guys to become best friends? You guys spend a lot of time together, right? I mean, you don't just become best friends with someone that you don't spend time with. You have to spend a lot of time together and you have to really like the person, and then at one point you can say, hey, that person is my best friend. So how does someone really become your best friend? Let's just kind of lay it out there so that we're all on the same page on how we get a best friend. If you don't have a best friend, this is how you do it, right here. So number one is this. You have this whole initial meeting of the person. That's stage number one, where you meet the person, and at that moment you decide whether you like the person or not. Have you ever met someone, you're like, man, they're awesome and I want to be good friends with them. And then you met someone else and you're like, I'm not quite sure about that person. I got to meet them a couple more times and figure this out. And then you have met people, you're like, I never want to meet that person again. You know what I'm talking about? So you have this initial meeting and you figure out whether you like that person, whether you have similar core values. And then due to that you liking them, you go to stage number two, which is developing a friendship by spending time with the person. You literally invest time with that person, into that person, and you get to know each other. You really kind of um, start hanging out, maybe going to the movies, being in class together, all these different things, and you just get to know one another. As you get to know one another, you will start to learn to trust them, and then you will go to stage number three, which is where you share your thoughts and ideas and feelings with them. Now, truthfully, the first part is probably more the guys. Like, we share maybe ideas and thoughts or feelings we just keep to ourselves. So that might be more for the girls, the whole feelings, but we share what's going on within us because we trust them, we're real with them. We may even share some of our struggles. And then stage number four, and maybe stage three are really kind of together, three and four, you listen to what they think and you understand their values and their core beliefs. You really know the person. Like if you ask me something about PM, most likely I will be able to tell you what she's thinking and what she likes because we've spent a lot of time together. When you are best friends with someone, you know the person, you know their likes, their dislikes, and you love spending time with them. You know, a couple of things that I found out about best friends, I think we all need best friends. I think they're a big deal. And, and the reason why I think we need best friends is because we need to live life with someone. It's kind of boring when you're all by yourself, right? You want to have a best friend. Something else that I learned about best friends is that, that best friends will often make us do things we would not be willing to do on our own. And that can be good or bad. See, I remember growing up, I had a best friend. We met, like, I don't know, maybe when I was seven, eight or something like that. And we were friends, and we're still our friends uh, till this day. But, uh, man, we did a lot of dumb stuff together, like a lot of dumb stuff that I would have never done by myself. And apparently we liked fire a lot. I, ha I have, like, more stories with him and fire that, than, I, than I care to admit. And so one time, um, you know, we have these, and I think I shared this before, this is kind of fun. We have these uh, firecrackers in Germany, and they literally look like dynamite sticks. Like they're this long, this thick, and you can blow up all kinds of stuff with it. It's awesome. So one day, we decided we're going to keep some from New Year's because that's the only time you can buy it. And we went to a tree stump, and we figured we're going to just blow this thing up, which is exactly what we did. See, you do stuff with your best friend that you wouldn't be doing with anybody else, or even not on your own. So we decided to do that. We put it on there, blew it up, thought it was funny, it was smoking a little bit, and we left. 
we just thought it was, you know, just going to be okay. But apparently there was a fire that broke out afterwards and the fire department had to come and kind of take care of it. Now, we never said it was us, so till this day, you know, hopefully no one will find out. But we, you just do stuff, <laughs> you just do stuff that is really dumb with your best friends. So I think best friends are really important, not for that matter, just to have them though. Uh, best friends keep you grounded and they tell you the truth, right? They love you enough, no, then they are not a good friend. They love you enough to tell you the truth. Like seriously, if, if they're your best friend, they should be able and willing to say, you know what, I love you, this is, and you fill in the blank. Best friends will often influence our behavior and our morals and even what we believe. If you hang around someone long enough, you kind of start thinking like them in some ways. And that, that can be good or bad. And often we become a lot like our best friends. See, PM and I were a lot alike in many different ways. We're very different in many other ways, obviously, but because we spend so much time together, we are a lot alike. And what I want to present to you guys and tell you tonight is this, that as it is with best friends, so it should be with us and Jesus. We should be so much like him because we spend so much time with him. So I want us to kind of look at friendship um, from what we just talked about, in the whole idea of Jesus and the stages that we go through in our friendship with Jesus and how you can become what James called a friend of God or maybe even a best friend with God. Stage number one with your friendship with God is this. There is the initial meeting, that Jesus moment, that salvation moment where you and Jesus meet. And we talked about this last week where you decide who Jesus really is for you and he becomes your Lord and your master. But then it has to go above and beyond that where he becomes your best friend. How does Jesus become our best friend? Stage number two is this. Just like in a normal friendship, you develop a friendship with Jesus and you do that through prayer. Communion with him. Spending extended time in the presence of God, listening to what he has to say, hearing what's going on, and um, I pray, I want to show you guys how I pray, because some of you guys, you make prayer this mystical thing, and it really is you and Jesus spending time together. When you and your friends hang out, is it mystical? Not really, right? You just hang out and you have fun together. That's the way it should be in prayer. You're just hanging out with Jesus, you're having fun together. And I think there's four things that we need when it comes to prayer. Number one, we need this. We need a place of prayer. You need to have an actual place where you and Jesus meet. For me, I have a couple of places. I have my basement that I like to go and pray. I have the sanctuary right here or the main sanctuary that I like to pray or in my car. And there's other places, but those are the three primary places that I really like to meet with Jesus and just talk with him and spend time with him. In Matthew 6, 6, it says this, But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, go into that secret place, close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You need a place of prayer. How many of you guys actually can say, me and Jesus, we have this place that we go to where we meet and where we pray? See, if you don't, I want to challenge you guys tonight. You need a place of prayer. The second thing you need, you need a specific time for prayer. And you need to have a backup time as well. Most of us, we have like one time, and then when we miss it, that's over. Have a time and a backup time. For me, uh, it used to be 7 in the morning. That's currently not working, so my backup time is 10 or 11 o'clock right now. And even when I miss that, there's a third backup time that I have that I can make sure that I meet with Jesus. In Mark 1.35, Jesus even prayed, and obviously Jesus didn't pray to himself. He prayed to the Father. In Mark 1.35, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went away to secluded place, a place that only he was at, and he was praying there. We need to have a specific time for our prayer. Do you have a time for your prayer time? Or do you just hope that sometime during the day you and Jesus will magically connect? If you don't have 
a place and a time, this is not going to happen. The third thing that I do in really getting to know Jesus and making my best friend, I have a plan on how I will pray. I don't just go in and be like, well, let's just see what happens. Have you ever been with your best friend and you just kind of, let's just see what happens? Usually, most of the times, that doesn't work out well. And a lot of times, you just stare at one another. Have you ever done that? Where you're just like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? That's terrible. But that's how we do prayer sometimes, where we just don't have a plan. When I go in, I have my, my Bible ready. I have my, uh, my books ready if I need to. I, I know what I'm doing. I have my music playing. I'm ready to go. By the way, I have a lot of feedback here. If you guys can fix that. Um, I'm ready because I have a plan in this. I memorize the word, I fast, there's just different things. And remember, in friendship, like, it's not one formula that I have. It's not the same thing that I do every single day. If I were to do the same thing with PM every single time we meet and we would just watch a movie, that would get boring at one point, right? It's the same with Jesus. We have to, like, mix it up a little bit in our prayer time. Because if you don't, it's going to be a routine and it's become a really boring. And most of you guys' prayer time is boring. As a matter of fact, you, half of you guys look bored right now. Because I'm talking about prayer. Let's just be real here. Because prayer is something that, that we just don't understand. You don't understand it because he's not your best friend. When he becomes your best friend, it is something that you are excited about. Not something that you check off, but something that you run to the secret place where you're like, man, I can't wait to spend time with Jesus. And if this is not in your heart, then it's time for you to start praying, Jesus, I want to have that excitement back in my heart because that's what it's supposed to be. And if it was, if he was really your best friend, that's how you would feel. Lastly, I think in prayer and in to able to have a good relationship with Jesus, I think you need an accountability partner. Someone that holds you accountable that, you know, that Devonta can text me and say, hey, P.S., have you had your prayer time today? And either my response will be, yes, I have, or no, I have not. Thank you for reminding me. I'm going right now. And you need someone that can hold you accountable in this because that's really important. And honestly, if you don't do this, your prayer life will never be consistent. And Jesus will never become your best friend. If you don't have a place of prayer, a time of prayer, an accountability partner, and a plan, you will not have a consistent prayer life. Amen? Amen. It's true, believe me. But when you do, man, it is amazing. I want to introduce a couple of books to you. If you are currently at a place where you're like, man, I need a reset in my prayer time, there's this book literally called Reset, and this is um, 20 Ways to Consistent Prayer Life. And what he does is, there's a little book, it's about $10 or so, and, and you can grab this and have a commitment of, for the next 20 days, I'll spend 20 minutes in prayer and reading, and this will really help you to get your prayer life jump-started again. This is really important, so if you want to grab this, this would be a good one to do. All right, then after you do that, as you kind of get to know them, it comes to this stage number three, which is what we talked about, you're sharing your feelings, and you're listening in stage number three with Jesus. You're listening to what he says to us as well as you sharing. I believe that we should share everything in our heart on our heart with Jesus because he already knows what's in your heart anyway. So when I have stuff going on in my life, I talk to Jesus about it. And I want to hear what he thinks. And how do you guys think you hear what he thinks? Reading the word, right? I, I love when people come to me and tell me, man, I have a hard time hearing Jesus. Because I just want to laugh. I, I literally do. Because it is so easy to hear Jesus. He gave us this pretty big book with a lot of words in it and a lot of things in it. And they're all true and they're all inspired. And every time you open this book, he speaks to you. All you got to do is listen. Now, there's other ways of how Jesus speaks, but this is amazing, and I love reading the Word. And there's times in my life when I don't want to read the Word. Can I be honest? And you know what I do? I read it anyway. Because there will come a time when that Word becomes really sweet again. 
Just because I don't like certain things doesn't mean I have to stop. But like, I, there's just, and I just want to be honest, sometimes you will have prayer times that are just like, oh my gosh, I feel like nothing happened. But it's in those dry times that you have to push through. And when you can push through, you go to the next level and then awesome and amazing things happen. We have to have the word. Now, when it comes to word, let me give you two thoughts. Number one, I think you need a one-year Bible. I really do. And here's the reason why. Because most of you guys, you have this amazing idea and these great intentions that you're going to have this great Bible reading plan. And then you start reading the Bible, either in Genesis or Matthew, and then about 30 days, then you quit. And then you do the same thing again next time. You start in Genesis or Matthew, and then you quit. And you do the same thing over and over and over again. Did you guys know that Genesis is the most read book in the Bible? There's a reason for it, right? New Year's. Let's start in Genesis. Like, we have to have a plan. Let me ask you guys this. And this is embarrassing. We had five people in junior high. Let's see how many we have here. How many of you guys have read the Bible cover to cover at least once? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Over half of those twelve were leaders. There was four or five students. How many of you guys, you were raised in church? Raise your hand. Wow. Look around you, look around you. That's crazy. Most of you guys, I'm not trying to like condemn you. What I want you guys to understand is that most of you guys, you were raised in church, yet you have not read this thing cover to cover. And then a lot of you guys always say, man, it's so hard to hear God. I promise you, it's so easy to hear God, and we've got to read this book. I believe that we should read through this once a year, if anything, at least every other year, so that you actually know what this word says, and when you do, man, amazing, amazing stuff happens. And when you read, I think you need a pen, a marker, and a notepad, because you need to be taking notes. My, my kids do this all the time. I love my, my son especially. So he sees me taking you know, notes and highlights. And so what he does, um, I think we printed, uh, I think it was Philippians 2. We were memorizing that as a family. And uh, you know, he knows I highlight, so he highlighted literally everything on there. Like there was not one thing that wasn't highlighted and underlined and scratched through and whatnot. Um, and that's okay. He doesn't really totally understand, I guess, what he's doing. But he's doing something, and he's seeing the value of underlining. I, you guys need to have something with you. This is how I hear God, is by reading the word. And then you guys know this. We make a big deal of this at camp. And it's the same here. We believe in soap. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. And I want to encourage you guys, don't just do it at camp, guys. And you will hear us say this at least once or twice a year. Every single year till we find something better and there isn't anything better. Because this is the way you do it. You, you read the scripture, you put some observation, some application, and then you pray. If you want to have a consistent time, if you want to really have Jesus your best friend, you got to pray and you got to read the word. There's just no way around it. And young people, for most of you guys, that does not sound exciting, right? How many of you guys are excited about this message right now? Be honest. Raise your hand. That's what I thought. A lot of you guys are not, and that's okay. I'm not calling you out. I want you guys to be honest. But here's the thing. Jesus is excited about the potential of you actually coming into his presence and becoming your best friend. Everything changes in the presence of God. Why do I pray? I pray because, number one, without God, I'm nothing. And you don't want to meet me if I haven't prayed for a few days because I'm just not a good person. I do it because God gives me strategies and ideas and because God makes me more like him in his presence. And again, when I don't feel like praying, sometimes I don't pray and sometimes I do pray. And, and we need to all always pray and just go into his presence. So my challenge to you guys is this to take 20 minutes each day this coming week and to really pray and read the word. I love what it says in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Some of you guys, you need direction. You need wisdom. You know how you get it? 
you get it in the Word. It says it right there in Psalm. It's a word unto my feet. It shows you where to go, what to do, what to do in a certain situation with you and your parents. It's all in the Word. The Holy Spirit will speak to you as you read this Word. Now, why would you want to pray? Why would you want Jesus to be your best friend? Because you want to be more like Him. Why would you not want to do this? Because you are fake. Because if you truly say Jesus is your Lord and your Master, you would want to do this. Because He also is your best friend. And the only reason why you wouldn't is because truly right now you are fake. You are just faking it, and everybody else probably knows it, and you're not really pursuing Him. So I want to challenge you guys. Are we faking it? Or are we really best friends with Jesus? And if not, tonight can be a reset for all of us. Where we say, hey, tonight... I'm going to take a challenge. And if you look at your handout, um, I put this in there. We want to introduce something to you guys. And this is our discipleship pro, uh, program and process that we're going to be introducing. And if you are interested in it, you can become part of this. It's not something that you have to do. But if you want to have a consistent prayer time, I promise you this will work if you apply yourself to it. And I put just one week in there. But you can do this for 10 weeks. Our intern team is doing this. Our youth council is doing this. Some of the small groups are going to be doing this. And, and I would just want you guys to try it for a week. One week, and this is on your handout kind of in there. Week one, day one, you pick either the one-year Bible or you read Matthew chapter one. You read the Proverbs of the day in case you read Matthew chapter one. You do soap, this thing that we talk about. You have your prayer time. You record your prayer time, and then you check it off. And this is literally what you do in the discipleship process. You memorize the scripture verse, James 1.1. 1, 1 and different things. And if I can challenge you guys to do this next week, one week, seven days, every single day, 20 minutes out of that day, you sit down, you ask God what's going on, you listen to what he's saying, you pray for the things, and you read the word. That's my challenge to you guys tonight, because when you do that, he can truly become your best friend. And then maybe, like James said about Abraham, that will be said about us, that he or she was called a friend of God. That's pillar number two, he needs to be not just our Lord and our Savior, but also our best friend. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you come in this place, that you move on our hearts, and that you do what only you can do, which is change our lives. Come in this place.